Hello, people. <laughs> Every time the greeting just gets more and more awkward. <laughs> but maybe not as sex operator as the last one. <laughs> I was trying. I mean, like, I take that as a compliment, but at the same time, I don't want people to always, like, I don't know, think that they're listening to, like, some weird lady. <laughs> so I was trying to make it a little more general. Hello, people. Um, welcome to Parentel. This is my podcast. My name is Kayla. Each week I have a guest with me and we discuss some aspect of parenting. So we are here to parent and tell you about it. This week I have my friend, Christy. Hi. Christy is a mom and Christy, how old is your daughter again? Layla is two. Okay. So Layla is two. Mm -hmm. And I talked briefly with Christy. This is either like right before Robin was born or right after, I think it was right after. Um, Mm -hmm. And we somehow got on the topic of um, having more than one child. And I remember you and I were, it seemed like you and I kind of had similar feelings in that. I mean, it's a tough decision no matter what. and but also that maybe we're one and done and maybe we're not, but either way is okay. So when I decided I wanted to do an episode about that, I immediately thought of you because I feel like what you had said to me in our conversation previously really resonated with me. And I think it's important that we talk about this topic um, just in general, but also maybe why people shouldn't be asking us if we're going to have more children. So let's jump right into that. Do people have people ask you that? Do people ask you that? And how does that, how's that going for you? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm really um, proud of you for, you know, having these conversations um, Uh out in the open. Cause I think there's so much with motherhood that is really not talked about. And when you get there, you're like, what the hell? Did I sign up for? I didn't really sign up for this. So, Mm -hmm. um, so thank you for that. Um, So about the one and done, you're asking if I am getting some pressure about that. I've gotten, Mm -hmm. yeah, Um, definitely. Um, I've gotten pressure from just random people. um, Like strangers? Strangers. um, One of them that sticks out the most is well people usually ask oh is this your first one and so that's you like if we're out at a grocery store which obviously was pre-covid I'm not really taking her anywhere right now um but yeah it's just um you know when they say that they're obviously assuming that you're going to have more than one and yeah and I just say yes and um sometimes people don't ask but the one that really sticks out to me is when um we were at the mall last year sometime and Layla, she was kind of a late walker. Um, so it was sometime around, she started walking around 15 months. And you know, when Robin's obviously not walking yet, but right. once he does, it's the cutest thing to watch new walkers, right? They're just constantly falling and they're just kind of <laughs> waddling around. And so she, we were like in the shoe department at Nordstrom and she was just, loving it walking around everywhere falling everywhere and just having a great time she was so happy and you know we were kind of playing peekaboo and or hide and seek or whatever around there because I always like don't care and I just play with her wherever we are and a mom came up to me and she was looking at Layla like so sweetly and she said oh my gosh she's so happy she's so cute and I said oh thank you and she asked me how old she was I said she must have been around 15 months at that time when I told her and she said, Oh, okay. So are you going to have another one? And I said, Oh, um, you know, I'm pretty satisfied right now. And she said, Oh no, no, you have to have another one. And I was like, first of all, who are you? Like, I wish you guys could see my face right now because probably, yeah. Wow. She's probably like my mom's age. Um, and total stranger. Yeah. And she's like, no, you have to have another one. I said, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's pretty, uh, I'm 
pretty uh, satisfied and it's also like not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think things are good right now. And she's like, oh no, you'll see. You'll see that you have to have another one for her. So she didn't and even I back said, down. She did not back down. Wow. And I, you know, I just, I said, okay, yeah, maybe we'll see a little bit later. And it really hit me that a stranger just comes up to me and sees her so happy. And why couldn't she just say, your daughter looks so happy and you guys are really cute. You guys have a great relationship, obviously. Yeah. Good job, mama. Like, yeah. you know, like how about just saying you guys look really happy and that's sweet Yeah. rather than switching it to being really judgy about it. Yeah. And also I didn't like, like that. trying to get it. It's almost like just a stranger trying to get into your family planning. Yeah. Who are you? And I kind of realized that the other day when it's, Cause it's not only rude, but it is just such a personal question to mm-hmm. ask even someone who, you know, well, yeah. And I don't know if, well, clearly I'm not alone in thinking that if you also think that too. So it's not like I'm yeah. the crazy person, but wow. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's kind of like, I feel like, you know, once you get married, people automatically start asking you. When are you going to start having kids? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are not sensitive to the fact that some people struggle to have kids and cannot and, you know, or they just don't want to. And so, you know, it kind of starts with just society thinking it's okay to like give you their opinions at any time of your life Mm -hmm. for these like major transitions or these steps that you're supposed to go through. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then what if, I mean, I have formed a pretty tight um, circle of, of mom's friends who um, have kids around the same age and it's not easy for everyone to get pregnant, even if they got pregnant the first time right away. I mean, so I know that yeah, it might not be that easy. And it, it could be really hurtful to just, you know, ask someone, when are you going to have another one? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're, yeah, you're in a store enjoying your time with your daughter. You're, it's such a happy moment that was obviously soured in a way for you. If you remember this interaction, you know, oh, yeah. almost a year later. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people don't realize the impact that those types of comments are having on, on the mom who has decided on the, you know, the mom or the family unit who's decided they're only having one kid or on the person who can't have kids or on the person who is choosing not to have kids. And it just like, Mm -hmm. it's none of your business. It's just none of your business. Yeah. And she probably doesn't, you know, wouldn't remember that, or maybe she said it to multiple people Mm. probably. Um, But I do look back on those times and I think, you know, maybe going forward, I should say something like, you know what? That's really my business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm happy right now. And it's, it's my own business. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I was actually thinking as well, like in preparation for this episode, like if, if I were to kind of going back to um, our stay at home episode, like how do I politely say, fuck off, fuck you. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. super rude for asking me that question. How would I respond? Um, I haven't had anyone, I mean, again, pandemic parenting, and poor Robin <laughs> doesn't leave the house often. Um, so I haven't, I fortunately have not had anyone walk up to me and say that, but even just like taking him to the doctor's office, um, they, is he your first? And yes, they're asking that for obviously medical reasons is different when you're at the doctor, but assuming that still implies there is some sort of assumption there that that means I'm going to have another one. Mm-hmm. And not everybody wants to have a second kid and a lot of people do. And a lot of people want to have a third, a fourth, a fifth. And mm-hmm. I, again, it just goes back to, it's none of your business. Don't fucking ask people that. Um, so I'm glad that, I mean, I'm not glad you had that experience, but I'm glad that I am not alone in thinking that it is super yeah. rude for someone to say that to, you mm-hmm. you know, to anyone. Um, right. But the other thing that kind of goes along with that is um, like, how is it that whenever, well, 
I only have one kid, so I don't know why I'm saying whatever. After I had my, <laughs> after I had my first kid, um, I, for some reason, immediately started thinking about if I'm going to have another one. And if I, and if we are, when is it going to happen? Am I the only one? Like, did you guys have those thoughts? Because I just, it was crazy. I mean, like Robin's one month old and I'm looking at Jimmy like, okay, so yeah. So like, are we, when are, are we going to have another one? And he's looking at me like, (laughs) and he's looking at me like, are you fucking crazy? And I'm like, no, 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 not right now. I just, for some reason it's on my mind. Like, okay, so if we're going to do it, how long is it going to be? We're going to have to do it this way. You know, like the wheels are just turning. So I would love to know if that happened for you also. Yeah. Well, I went into pregnancy thinking and, you know, trying to get pregnant, thinking that I was going to have more than one, like hundred mm-hmm. percent. I'm from a family of three siblings. My mom is one of 12. Holy um, moly. Yeah, no I have way. a crap ton of cousins, yeah. uncles, aunts. Um, so family is, has been such a big part of my life. My sister is my best friend. Um, and I grew up really close with my brother, who's just a few years younger than me. My sister is eight, almost nine years older. So when we grew up, when I was born, I was kind of like her little doll. Mm. And, you know, I had a built-in babysitter, but we didn't really connect. She kind of hated me. I mean, I was annoying and she was a teenager and mm-hmm. I just wanted to like knock on her door and play with her and her friends. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't until actually like I went to college and I would hang out with her. Um, and that's when we started getting really close. And so to this day, now she's my best friend. So I have a really good, like strong connection with my family. And I thought, okay, that's going to be, you know, at least two kids, right? Like two to three would be great. Um, And then I had Layla and I had a pretty traumatic birth and that really scarred me. So like pregnancy was no big deal other than like I have a big fibroid and it got huge and I actually had to go to the ER once. And so, th- but that was really the only thing like in pregnancy that was, a, you know, a, a negative experience. Mm-hmm. I felt fine. You know, I was still active and happy and healthy. Um, and I didn't have any problems, but during the delivery, she had a, um, her uh, cord was wrapped around her neck mm. and so it became an emergency where, you know, you get one more push. We're going to vacuum her out. OR is ready for you. We're going to wait to C-section right now. Mm. And being a nurse practitioner myself and Pete being a doctor, we knew that things were not looking good. I mean, I'm the one who read my monitor before mm. the nurses. And I said, nurse has to get in here like right now. Like her wow. heart rate is way too low. And it became really scary. And, you know, everything was like all great until that point. And then, you know, seeing like the whole hospital come and like be ready and just like literally praying to make sure that she was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Right after that, I was kind of like, I don't want to do this again. Like that was, that's not an uncommon experience, Mm -hmm. to be honest. And I think that being in the medical field, it can either make you get a little bit more lax about things. Like most Mm -hmm. of the time things are okay, which they are there's also these really terrible things that can happen and we've seen happen. And so if it has to happen to someone, how do you know it's not going to be you kind of thing? I know that's like total doomsday type of thinking, but you know, once you become a mom, you get not everybody, but you just start to get really protective over your child. And I just felt like, I don't know that I could do this again and not have this control right Mm. over you know, it's totally out of your control. Yeah. So that made me right away go, I don't want to do this at least anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, it postpartum wasn't easy for me. It was pretty hard and I didn't have a lot of help. My mom was with me for a while, maybe, you know, a few weeks at a time in like our tiny apartment, but our parenting styles are totally different. So there's actually, you know, conflict there. And it, mm-hmm. it 
I just didn't know how to like manage my anxiety and my emotions very well yeah. and lack of sleep. So I kind of re- remember just going, this sucks. And like, I don't want to do this again. And I just wanted to fast forward like every day. Um, and you're literally saying like, you're speaking my mind for me. <laughs> um, but it's, it doesn't, that's like a whole other chapter in its own, right? Mm-hmm. Like the postpartum experience. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like it doesn't take away from this enormous, like you can't even quantify the love that you feel for this little thing that depends on you hundred yeah. percent. Um, and so, you know, every little bit that she would grow up, I would think, oh, okay. Like it's getting a little bit better around like one things got a little bit easier. Um, and now at two, like things are much, much easier as far as like, you know, she talks really well and we have like this fun, mostly like relationship. Um, and I could, you know, I've recently told Pete, my husband, um, you know, I could see us like kind of want another one and especially when uh like I'm putting away her clothes that are too Mm -hmm. too small for her which I've been doing a lot recently because I have some friends that are pregnant and I've been just going through them and I get really sentimental and I think okay I I wouldn't mind like having another one she was so little and Mm -hmm. time's going really fast yeah but I do always remember like that that hard part you know, the really tough first year. It's oh like, yeah. It's no joke. It's it sticks, no joke. It sticks with you. Um, yeah. I, so I had the exact same thought when I was freshly postpartum. Um, and it was, I never want to do this again because I was just the, you know, quote, baby blues hit me so hard. And I was just obviously very much in love with Robin and it had nothing to do with that. I just was in a very dark place emotionally. And even though, you know, the rational part of me was like, yep. Okay. So like, this is the hormones coming down. This is the baby blues. It will get better. But just feeling the worst I have ever felt like emotionally and mentally. Yeah. I looked at Jimmy and I said, I don't ever want to do this ever again. I never want to put myself through this ever again. And I think a lot of people, you know, when they ask, well, when are you going to have another one? It's, they're obviously not thinking about postpartum. And again, that is kind of its own separate conversation because it's such a huge beast, but that's what I think of when I do contemplate if I want to have another child very quickly, my mind goes to how awful I felt for the first two to three weeks and how hard it was. And I was just so miserable. And I almost don't even know how to describe it because I mean, I've suffered with anxiety and depression for a really long time. And so I already knew going into it that that meant, you know, the, that postpartum might hit me especially hard. But I still was just in no way prepared. And it's almost just like, um, it's, I don't know the word for it. It's not, I mean, I guess it is, it's almost trauma. And I just don't want to go back to that. And I think that's a huge, huge reason that I pause when I start to contemplate if I want to have another child. And um, I... So I didn't have a, I guess I, I didn't have a traumatic birth, but I didn't realize the like lasting effects that my birth had on me. Um, So Robin was born vaginally and everything was fine in that respect. And I mean, I pushed for two hours, which is a relatively short time for your first child. Um, But I, my cervix tore in two places while he was being born. And, um, so they laid him on my chest and, you know, they're doing the APGARs and all that stuff. And they're going to go stitch me up and everything. And I was bleeding and they couldn't figure out where the bleed was coming from. Um, and it was almost, I now remember it almost as like a dream 
you know, because you're just exhausted and you just went through such a huge thing. So he's laying on my chest and I was very much into him and just, you know, in awe. But at the same time, I was aware of the fact that like, hmm, they're still down there. Yeah, something's going on now. Yeah, like, hmm, two <laughs> more doctors. Body, right? <laughs> yeah, like two more doctors just came in. Hmm. Oh, I just heard someone say, like, bleeding. Hmm. And I oddly wasn't freaking out. If I had been, you know, probably just like not in a state of shock that I just gave birth, I probably would have been freaking out. But I was very calm about it at first. But um, I bled for two hours and they didn't know where it was coming from. And um, so eventually, I mean, there were four or five doctors in the room, four or five nurses. And I'm kind of looking at Jimmy like, okay. I could see that he was getting worried and I could see him like more and more looking over at them. But I think he was trying to stay calm for himself as well as for me. Um, and it all kind of happened really fast. They, um, like all the doctors left except for like one or two. And she was, turns out a surgeon. She's very, very nice. And she explained to me that they believed I had a cervical tear. They weren't hundred percent sure. Most likely they just couldn't see well enough in the delivery room. So I need to go into surgery, um, to fix it. And I just like, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so they took Robin, they took Robin off my chest, wrapped him up, gave him to Jimmy. They wheeled me out as I'm just like, <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> and again, like, I just, I must've been in shock because thinking about now, it's like, how did I ever react that calmly? Uh-huh. I literally just remember like kind of turning around and looking back at Jimmy and being like, well, okay, see you later. <laughs> like, gonna go uh you know Uh, they're just gonna uh, save my life and then i'll be back i'll be i'll be right back and i mean it was really quick it was less than an hour um but it was i can look back on it now and it's like it wasn't the surgery for me wasn't scary because well first of all i got an epidural so i couldn't feel anything from the waist down thank god um Mm -hmm. but it was just kind of surreal for me and i'm one of those people who like a lot of times things don't hit me until it's right on top of me um, mm-hmm. or until after it's already over. Um, so in this case, I feel like it didn't hit me until we had come home from the hospital, but they, so in order to get to where the bleed was, have you ever seen like in a meat factory, how they have those giant hooks and they like hang up the cows yep. and stuff. So basically that's how my lower half was. They put my legs in, and I'm sure you kind of know, being in the medical field, I'm sure you like relatively know what I'm talking about. They put my legs um, almost in these sleeves that were compressing to keep the blood flow. And then they just lifted them up to the ceiling. So my back was on the table, but all my entire, both my legs were up in the air in order for them okay. to be at the right angle. And... I just remember being like, this is so like fucking weird. (laughs) Like how weird is this right now? Um, And so that, you know, like they, I'm pretty sure they cauterized it again in such shock. (laughs) They, (laughs) right before they started, they were like, all right, we're going to get started. And I'm pretty sure they were just like, oh, this poor girl. I looked at them like dead serious, just very calm. And I said, can you explain one more time what you're about to do? I'm pretty sure they were like, oh my God. And so they explained it. And I was just like, okay. (laughs) So they lift my legs up and again, really fast. And at the time I was like, no big, like, all right, no big deal. I'm sure this happened to other people. It's fine. And it wasn't until um, they kept talking to me when I was in the um, recovery ward about blood loss that I kind of realized like, oh shit that wasn't necessarily normal to lay there and bleed for, yeah, like that was serious, Mm -hmm. which means like now my brain is like, okay, well that was scary. Okay. Well, we don't want to do that again. So I definitely think that the trauma or like the lasting mental trauma that birth can sometimes Mm -hmm. have on you 
absolutely has an impact on whether or not you want to have another child because it's like, are you going to roll the dice and maybe it will happen again? Maybe it won't. And yeah, yeah, as of right now, I, I don't know if I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And you know, like I said, I, I joined a, uh, a, I guess, postpartum group of Mm -hmm. moms. Um, and it was this really safe space for us to, um, be and talk about, you know, being a new parent and Mm -hmm. being a new mom and we could bring our kids. Layla was about eight weeks old when I started and it was uh, recommended to me by another mom that I had met in a, one of the birthing classes. And, um, it was led by a therapist Mm -hmm. and which was great because she would give us, you know, throw out topics and then just give us the floor to talk. Um, so we all really connected on that level. And what we really found is that people, women who have, everyone has a different birth story, but what may seem like we oftentimes feel guilty about calling our own story traumatic. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know? saw how and I hesitated. Saying, right. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that's why I'm bringing this up because, you know, you're, you're always thinking like, or not you, but we always think, okay, we're comparing ourselves to other ones. Well, they had a really bad, like mm-hmm. this one really, like for me, like I didn't have to go to C-section. I was really close and other people have had to go to C-section, right. And other people have had, you know, worse things happen. And so I feel a little guilty even saying that this played a big, you know, factor in Mm -hmm. my decision to do this again, but it did. And so it's okay, I think, to, you know, own it that it, no matter what, like bigger, however big or small it seems, it may seem that it can really do a number on you and, um, and yeah, affect how you feel about doing it again. Yeah, for sure. Um, Another thing I think, so that kind of first comes to mind for me personally. And then I do have this fear of, am I capable, you know, if we decide to have another kid, am I capable of loving another child as much as I love and adore Robin? And he is my everything. And like you said, it's really hard to quantify the love, how you feel for your child. So there is this fear for me that I am not capable of, you know, giving that amount, that kind of love again, or to a a second person. And I, yeah. yeah. Do you feel that way or? Definitely. I think so. Pete is always very like logical and, Hmm. um, (laughs) as most guys are more rational. I think most husbands tend to be. Um, but he, I mean, he's totally on the, on board for like one and done, right. More so than me. I mean, mm-hmm. he's even like recently said, all right, maybe I just need to get a vasectomy. And then I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I'm not ready for that <laughs> yet. Like let's, let's give it some time. I'll stay on birth control for now. Yeah. Um, but he said, oh, gosh, um, have you know a limited amount of let's say you're this amazing chef and you have a limited amount of resources or supplies to make this amazing meal you could make one amazing meal maybe you know like one amazing one but all the other ones are not going to be as good because you're running out of your resources Mm. and that's how I kind of feel about having more than one Mm. I feel like I'm giving my everything to Layla and now that I'm a stay-at-home mom thanks to COVID um I yeah like my whole day is really revolving around her which I still need to work on and make you know time for myself and I've been trying to do that a little more lately for my own mental health but um yeah I don't know that I have enough of me to give to anyone else. Yeah. Um, I have also, I, um, you know, have been, I finished this book. Thank you for making me like giving me that extra like push to say, you know what, I'm going to go away. You two have 
fun together. I'm going to go actually read a book. Did you have a lawn chair moment? Yes. Well, not the lawn chair, but the, we call this the wobbly chair. Like the, so you had a, oh, you had a wobbly chair moment, even better. (laughs) With wine a lot, which also made me fall asleep. I realized I haven't read a book in years. I just go pee. I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Cause he knows I'm gonna fall asleep. But, um, this book really like laid out a lot of it's this book is called one and only by Lauren Sandler and it's a journalist who um was an is an only child and she's about uh, she's in her late 30s when she writes this book and she has one child who's three years old at the time a daughter and she's really trying to figure out if she wants to have another one and so she does a lot of great um just going through previous research Mm. um, on only children um, and also interviews a lot of different only children and who are either parents now or, or not. Um, And so it gives you a lot of really good insight as to the reasons for having another child, the reasons for having one, stopping at one and all over the world, like why people are making choices about, you know, um, having one or more. But um, yeah, I mean, they really talk a lot about not, you give up so much to have another one. Mm -hmm. So most people, like women tend to cut down on their work hours, Mm -hmm. um, whereas then men need to work more after the second child. To compensate, yeah. Yeah, you get less of your husband and you get less help. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, and then there's, I mean, financially oh yeah do I have enough enough love to give and attention so like only child only children tend to be higher achieving have better self-confidence um have just as many friends oh yeah as you know siblings um and so I think that I don't necessarily I don't I don't feel like she's gonna be super deprived if I yeah yeah don't have another one. Um, yeah. I think, um, I think you have a really good point and actually I want to read that book now. Um, it's, it's amazing because I'm all about like, I'm all about kind of debunking, you know, um, things that when we were younger and we were kids, things that were definitely like, oh, only children are going to be really selfish and they're going to be brats and you should always do this. You should always do that with your children. And now for us as parents, there's so much more new research and it's very eye-opening that, you know, oh wait, actually we have found out that only children have great social skills. Only children are not going to be selfish. They're not going to be brats. You're not, you don't need to give your child ace it, you know, you don't need to give your daughter a, a brother or a sister. Um, mm-hmm. so I would love to read that, but I definitely think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of assumptions still out there about yeah. only children and like, you know, the quote only child syndrome. Right. Um, and I will say that I, I grew up believing that, only children tended to be more weird, but only because mm-hmm. that's what was told to me. Right. Because, Same, yeah. yeah, like it was weird if there was only one child in the house and they often were, I don't know, like they were nerdy because they spent a lot of time around adults or something, which is just like mm-hmm. so stupid. It's not, no. And now I'm so glad we know that like that's, no, 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 that's not real. Um, yeah. But I do definitely kind of wonder if at least at first, if we do, if we decide to not have another kid, is Robin going to have those stereotypes put on him? Like, Oh, he's an only child, you know? So, and I obviously don't want that for my child, but I can't control that. You know, on the same, the same token there, you know, when you're a sibling, you also, and this was kind of discussed in the book too, you you become you have this self-identity also based on your sibling rank and your relationship with your siblings too so Mm. that you make that define you in a way as well and just like only children sometimes define their own characteristics because 
oh, well, I was an only child. And so yeah. this made me do this and this, but same, like I'm a middle child. So I could say like, that's why I've always been a mediator. And, mm, same, you know, I'm a middle and, child too. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, that's a good point though, that, uh, yeah, that it's the same. You are still going to get labeled somehow, whether yeah, or not yeah. it's you're the oldest child, the middle, the youngest, or the only child. So that's a good point, no matter what. Um, and I don't know, we just love to label, we love to label things and it's yeah. more and like more I'm realizing that it's, things. yeah. And I, und- I understand that, that it helps us understand it, but it can be a real roadblock to acceptance. And sure. I feel like we're kind of, we're up against that now as parents. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've noticed so many um, potential um, potential types of thinking or potential comments that could, you know, that could hurt my feelings and then down the road hurt Robin's feelings. So I feel like I'm just much more aware of the fact that there are there are going to be different ways of life. People are going to do different things. And if you don't support it, guess what? It's not really any of your business anyway. Mm-hmm. So I feel like more and more, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to mind my business and just try and raise a good kid. Yeah. And what other, what, people, what other people want to do with their life is, is their lives. And yeah. of course, like nothing has to be set in stone I mean obviously eventually like we're mm-hmm. all going to be past childbearing age or you know if you know at some point we do have to kind of make that decision or you know biologically our decision is made for us yeah um but it, it doesn't mean that like it's necessarily like I don't I don't agree with putting your you know beliefs on other people when it's, it's such a personal decision. Yeah. Right? It really yeah. depends on how you're being raised and what you're being taught mm-hmm. as a child. Um, and it really doesn't matter if there's another kid in the house with you or not. I, so I guess that's yeah, a good point to think shithead. about. Yeah. I mean, you could be a total asshole to your sibling. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the other thing is that, you know, I do, when we talked about pressure from different people, it's not just society, but family as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pete's side of the family, well, Pete's side of the family also, he has cousins that he's really close to, but Pete has a brother. The only reason he'll say, the only reason why I have a brother is because when I was like eight, I told my mom, I want to, I want a brother. So they finally decided to have one. Wow. But then he's like, but I was so dumb because you know, by the time this baby was born, he was like way too old for him. He's like, ah, oh, this yeah. kid is like still crapping his diapers. So I, <laughs> I can't play with them. So I'm going to leave and like play with my friends. Yeah. And, so, and they were never close. And mm-hmm. so technically I think like seven years age difference is like the definition of an only child, even if oh. you, know, you, if you're in another, right, if you're seven years older, you're considered right. a, an only child. So oh, wow. He really views himself as an only child. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just was, you know, uh, made really, really tight relationships with, or tight friendships that he still, I mean, like all of his groomsmen were like friends from elementary school that he mm-hmm. still is really tight with. Um, and so, um, you know, Pete has a different, it's interesting because he has a different perspective on uh, family and what's, what's needed, but my best friend who actually recommended this book to me, she has a four-year-old and she's decided to be one and done. And so she sent me this book because she said it was really eye-opening for her as well. She's really close with her brother. Like I said, like we're really close with our siblings, but there's people who aren't and Mm -hmm. it can make their childhood hell as well growing up. Like my dad with his brothers, like, they were really mean to him. They were bullies. And mm-hmm. so you never know what you're going to get with another kid, right? No matter what, it's, you know, it's your family's personal decision and do what works for you. And I feel like I said basically this exact same thing. Maybe this is just like, this is the theme of the podcast. <laughs> do what works for you. If it doesn't work for you, mind your fucking business. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how how else to put it, but I... 
Um, I, you said at the very beginning that before you had Layla, you had thought that you would have two or three and I'm the exact same way before I had Robin. I had always thought like, Oh yeah, I feel like three kids like that'd be, that's fine. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny how much changes once you experience it. Yeah. The reality and everybody's reality is different. Yeah. And well, go ahead. The other, Oh no, I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I probably was just going to ramble on. It's totally fine. (laughs) (laughs) Some things work for you and don't work like the way other people are raising their kids and choosing these big decisions work for them. Yeah. And it's, it's all good, right? Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Whatever keeps your family happy and healthy. Yeah. Like just, I think we, yeah, worry about your own family and be supportive of other people's families mm-hmm. because that's how we will hopefully just raise good children. Yeah. And that's definitely. what I think everyone's, you know, ultimate goal is here. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what, like if you choose one or more than one. Yeah. It, it all comes down, I think, to just being like trying to be the best parent that you mm-hmm. can. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like not re- we're not raising an asshole. Like you're gonna try to whether you have <laughs> try not to raise an asshole if you have one or more mm-hmm. than one, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely like more up to us. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I feel like of course now, if you know, in two or three years, I'm pregnant again or I have another kid, you know, everyone's gonna bring up this episode and try and throw it in my face. So. <laughs> So I'm saying now that how this is how I feel currently. And again, we can always change our minds, obviously up to a certain extent, like you said, you know, up to a certain age, we can always (laughs) change our minds, but how you feel is how you feel. And it shouldn't, you know, don't diminish how anyone else feels. And hopefully people won't do that to you. But if they do, you just find that nice, polite way to tell them to fuck off. Yeah. None of your business. None of your business. Yeah. Or do you want to raise my kids? Do you want to come raise my next? Here you go. Two, three. How many more should I have? Here you go. <laughs> um, are you ready for my last question? Sure. Okay. I'm so excited. I get so excited to ask this question every time because every person's answer is different. So I'm always like, ooh, okay. How are they going to answer it this time? Um, so how has being a parent changed you as a person? Yeah. Um, it has changed me, I think in a lot of ways, but the biggest ones would be with, um, relationship with my husband. I think, as you know, it's not easy having this child. And I came from a pretty great relationship. Um, you know, I, I, again, mom guilt is like such a big thing. Like I almost feel guilty because I know that there's people who had like not the greatest foundations and then have kids and you're extra screwed. I feel like with that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, we're all screwed in some way, but (laughs) (laughs) and like, we were fine. Um, for like a good, we were married for what, like three, almost four years before we got pregnant. And, um, then a child like really brings up new dimensions of a relationship that you never knew were possible. Right. Mm -hmm. Like suddenly everything is different. Your priorities have shifted. It's no longer really like just about you at all. It's not about you and him. And it's, it's now more about, at least for me, um, it was okay. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? I feel like I'm doing a hundred percent of things. Like I need mm-hmm. help. I resent you. Why, like, why couldn't you anticipate these needs? Mm-hmm. Why can't I go take a shower? Why do you have to go back to work after two weeks? Like this yeah. is not fair. I'm here all alone. Don't you care? Yep. All of these things just snowball and you become, I became very quick to resent him. And that was not cool for our relationship, right? Nobody yeah. wants to feel like 
they're a shithead and or they're stupid. And then, yeah, and I didn't like, you know, making pointing fingers and saying, mm-hmm. you're not helping me. And, um, and I mean, the fact of the matter is he's so happy to help. And it took a lot of us, took a lot of me, like him saying, Chrissy, you have to be like, tell me exactly what you need. And like, I'll give it to you. I, I have no problem with it. I just, I can't read your mind. I can't guess. Mm. And so I know that that was not really a big thing before, um, but before having kids, but after having a child, I just really had to say, Hey, I really, really could use your help with like cleaning the kitchen. Can you just wash those dishes? Could you put things away? And rather than doing them myself and being a zombie, so tired and upset and just harboring all this resentment and then, and hating him while I'm doing it because he's not realizing that I'm doing it and he's taking me for granted. Right. Like, so Mm -hmm. I had to just say, can you help me with this? And he's like, sure. Yeah, I could do it. I just don't think of things like that. So you realize like sometimes how different you are, but it just, it's really taken. And I still fall back into that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, but we've made a lot of progress strides forward with that. Just, me being really open with communication and not feeling bad about it. Cause I used to think like, Oh, I'm just going to be this naggy wife. Mm. I can't just like ask him to yep. do all these things for me. But in the end, it makes me feel better that he's helping me and he feels better because I'm happier. Yeah. So, um, so that's one thing that it's, it's made me kind of, yeah, step into a new role and our communication is a lot better now. Like we're not, yeah doing all these guessing games and yeah. arguing as much. Um, and then, I mean, just the, like, the, what is it? Like, obvious, cheesy stuff of, you know, I never thought I could love a, a human being this much. Isn't and, it wild? I mean. <sighs> you just, like, adore them, right? Yeah. Like, it's, like, every parent now like I used to think like okay yeah whatever yeah your kid's like awesome sure (laughs) like uh, the story was whatever like mediocre but you think they're amazing right but but if you're a kid you're like they're the best thing on this on the earth like here Mm -hmm. look at this video look at what they're doing this is so fun here's what you said today and like it's so awesome right and so you just love them so much and I I uh am very I think I get a lot more sentimental now because as you see them grow, you be, you see them like become this little person. And I would say the other thing is it's really made me appreciate other moms and mm. relationships that I have with them. Um, even if, you know, like I didn't know them before having kids, but we all share this experience together Yeah, and we can all, you know, talk about it, bitch about it, have a glass of wine over it. And yeah, you know, it's really great to just have the support of, of moms. It's like a really beautiful and necessary thing. Yeah. That's awesome. I love your, um, the way you talk about how you, you just never knew you could love this, you know, or another person this much. And I actually, just before coming in here and calling you to record this, I looked at Jimmy and I said, you know, I know I love Robin because the things that he does that if like things that annoy me, like chewing with your mouth open, mouth breathing, (laughs) (laughs) stupid things like that. If anyone else did it, I'd be like, Oh my God, fucking stop. Meanwhile, when Robin, his newest thing is like, if he gets excited, he like kind of heavily breathes through his mouth. (laughs) And I'm just like, Oh my God. So fucking cute. Like yeah. you're like, like oh my little mouth breather. <laughs> but if anyone like else, it the yes. Time. But if anyone else did it, I'd be like, dude, what? Like, stop fucking breathing out of your mouth. So that's yeah, how like, I know. Annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I know. Like, I'm a parent and I love him. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is. It's a really magical experience. It really is. Um, but again, for me, I don't know that I would want to do it again with anyone else because I feel like I'm so content right now yeah this is I have this amazing little girl and she loves 
mom and dad. And I know that's probably not going to be that easy. Like, God forbid when she becomes a teenager, but mm-hmm. you know, I just, I have everything I want right now and I still don't get enough me time and like freedom mm-hmm. time, let yeah. alone during the pandemic, of course. But I, yeah, I think that I want to place a priority on my own happiness because I think that's important going back to modeling or being like a good parent. I want to model to her that I have, you know, that she has happy parents and they also put their needs on a, you know, important, they oh, bring yeah. them importantly as well. And yeah. I don't want to, I don't want my life to crumble and lose my own self a sense, you know, a sense of self. Mm-hmm. And I, I want her, especially as a girl growing up in our world, like I want her to be strong and know that she can, you know, become, she can follow her own dreams and not mm-hmm. put them on, on hold for right. You know, yeah. Being a mom. Or- yeah. And if we, you know, it's almost kind of just trying to break the cycle because if we teach our children um, to, you know, that, everything is optional that you don't have to be a parent. You don't have to get married and um, there's less pressure than maybe, you know, this is very like, okay, Kayla, but maybe they will grow up to not be those people who say, Oh, well, no, you no, you have to have another one in the shoe Mm -hmm. store of Nordstrom, you know? No, but seriously, I think everything that you have said is extremely valid. Um, and I mean, I personally feel very validated after this conversation, <laughs> but thank you. Um, and you do, actually. yeah, and I, it's just good to have these conversations that we don't normally have with other people or with other parents, um, because not, I don't know. I just feel like not enough people talk about this kind of stuff and I would really just love to normalize it. So thank you for yeah. helping me normalize talking about how many children you're going to have and why it's no one's fucking business, but yours. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's been a pleasure to be here. So thank I really you for doing what it. you're doing. I mean, my hope is just that if someone hears this, maybe they can realize, Oh shit, I shouldn't have asked that question or wow, that's what they were going through. And that's maybe why they reacted that way. Um, mm-hmm. to just help us be more aware and also just know that we are not alone in yes. dealing with all of this. Um, yeah. it's kind of going back to what you said, how you have that community and it's easier. You feel a lot more sympathy and empathy for parents now. All right. Well, thank you so much, Christy. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. It was a lot of fun talking to you. It was like my girl time too. So. Girl time in your wobbly lawn chair. I love it. Wobbly chair. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Kayla. All right. Bye. Bye.